Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, this is Moeed from the Vent Production team. Just a heads up that this episode contains sounds of a violent police arrest, so take care listening. This is Vent Weekly. I'm Sabrina. COVID-19's changed all of our lives. Even with lockdown easing, the world seems a very different place. The news is overwhelming and it's hard to know what to believe right now. And that's why we've launched this mini-series of bonus episodes on Vent Weekly called COVID-19 Fact Checkers. If you're done with COVID-19, this mini-series might not be for you. But if you do have questions or anxieties around COVID-19 that you want to talk about, we've got you. This series, we're getting you answers. Hey guys, my name's JJ, I'm from Brent, and with all the news outlets focusing on COVID, I was wondering about a few other news topics that aren't making main headlines anymore, like Brexit, and how it would affect students wanting to study abroad like me. So today I'm joined by JJ and vice journalist Ruby Lot Lavinia. Could you both introduce yourselves and say a bit about who you are, what you do, and also how's life been for you during lockdown? So JJ, do you want to start first? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm JJ, I'm 17, and I'm currently studying games design in, uh, in college, hoping to do some sort of graphic design work for, for larger companies or such. Yeah, lockdowns, it's going all right. Just missing my friends and stuff, hoping hoping I can see them soon. Of course. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing a bit of practice 3D design on my laptop. Sounds fun. How about you, Ruby? So I'm Ruby Lotlavinia. I'm the senior staff writer at Vice, which basically means I kind of write about everything. Gentrification, housing, policing, social issues like campaigns. In terms of how my lockdown's been... You know what? It's been fine. Like, I've been stuck in my house in Peckham uh, the whole time, but I have a garden. Mm -hmm. I do have mates that sort of live in the area. Yeah. And I think, you know, I feel lucky that my school or my university didn't get interrupted for it. So, generally... It's been fine. Yeah, that, that's quite good because I know some of my friends who are at uni and their universities have been interrupted. Some of them don't get a graduation. Yeah. So it is a bit sad to see. But I definitely feel like the recent lockdown has been more bearable because mm. we've kind of been able to go out a bit more than we did. Yeah. Um. So, JJ, I wanted to ask you, why did you ask the question in your voice note and what are you hoping to find out today on this podcast? Well, I was hoping to find out a few things, mainly one of the them being next year, September, I'll be starting university. And one of the things I've been wanting to do a while was to be able to study abroad because a lot of my um, older friends and my family did it and it's just a great experience. But a while back with Brexit, I read about 
how it could affect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like in the news a lot, we've just been hearing about COVID. Yeah. So I definitely understand why you would want to know about that. And it's interesting that you want to study abroad because a little birdie told me that, Ruby, you actually studied in Europe. Where did you go and what was that like for you? I did a year of studying English at the University of Oslo and it was cold and it was quite expensive because Oslo is a very expensive city mm-hmm. and it wasn't diverse at all oh. but it was super cool to be just living in another city for a year mm-hmm. being plunged into like a totally different culture I learned about kind of how to like be alone and like how to just hang out in a city where you know no one mm. it, you know it was definitely quite lonely sometimes it was definitely quite weird and I definitely felt like I wanted to come back at times mm-hmm. but overall I I never regretted it and I never would have not done it it's it's very very valuable mm-hmm. to to have a scheme that allows you to to study in another country yeah I definitely love that you focused not only on the educational side but also the personal side like like you said the finance and being by yourself I think that's a big milestone that you learned for like your future as well um okay so let's speak about before COVID now. I know it feels like a very, very long time ago, but everybody was speaking about something that begins with B and ends in T and it rhymes with shit and that is Brexit. (laughs) And that's just something that I remember seeing on the news all the time and I was really getting like tired of it. But now I kind of miss hearing about it because of all the things that are happening with COVID. Mm. So Ruby, right now, what are some of the main things we might have missed during these last few months. So exciting. I get to give you the the Brexit update that you've so desperately missed. Um, Right now, what's happening and what's been going on is that the UK and the EU have been negotiating a trade deal. And what that basically means is what our future relationship with the EU will be like. And if we don't negotiate a deal for that, then that's what a no-deal Brexit will be. And that's basically the biggest fear at the moment because mm-hmm. while everything's going on with the pandemic we're sort of quietly hurtling towards a no deal brexit mm-hmm. these are really really big complex negotiations and because of the delays there's very very little time to negotiate them and also because of covid that's really disrupted the like negotiation process mm-hmm. there was an article where the eu claimed that the uk negotiators have only engaged with issues in the last week or two. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's getting more and more tense. Um, But I think ultimately the fear is that we won't have a deal by the end of the year. And that could be really damaging for the UK economy. Why would a no deal be so bad for the UK? Why are people worried about that? The way I see it is essentially the EU has more negotiation power. So the EU is like a collection of loads of countries. So it has control over all the stuff those countries trade and all the really like useful things that we might want from those countries, you know, food and stuff. And if we strike a deal, then we know we can have access to that. There won't be like supply issues because we rely on the EU for like a lot of products. Of course. So it puts us in a bit of a bind, essentially. And I think one of the really worrying things is basically just that, like, in a kind of weird financial sense, if we leave with a no deal, the kind of trust in the UK falls because everyone's like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. the UK economy is going to, like, go to shit. And so that means that a lot of investors probably are going to pull their investment out of the UK and it just means the pound will fall and it will be very bad. 
It sounds like a dystopia. That's literally what it sounds like. Yeah, haven't you had enough Brexit yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's always, the conversation always depresses me. But just going back to JJ's hope of studying abroad. So what does this mean now for him? How, how would this affect him? After the Conservatives won a majority in the election just before Christmas. Well, we did it. We did it. We pulled it off, didn't we? We pulled it off. It meant that Boris Johnson had a strong majority and it meant that he could basically pass the withdrawal bill. Tonight, we are leaving the European Union. This is the moment when the dawn breaks and the curtain goes up on a new act in our great national drama. And part of that actually had uh, a bit about Erasmus. Erasmus is essentially a scheme that allows UK university students to travel to other countries in Europe and sometimes outside of Europe and study in universities and so spend a year studying in a country that isn't their own. And one of the amendments that someone in Parliament had put forward was that we would basically safeguard Erasmus and that no matter what happens, we'd agree to keep Erasmus in our deal with the EU. And in January, they rejected that amendment. So that doesn't mean that Erasmus is definitely gone. Mm -hmm. But what it just means is that there's no guarantee that the UK will negotiate it in a deal if it doesn't benefit them. If we leave with a no-deal Brexit, I presume that also means that there will be no Erasmus. Mm -hmm. And JJ, how does that make you feel just hearing that? I mean, it, it is a bit annoying because it could mean there's a chance that I don't, I don't get the same opportunity to study abroad um, how I wanted to. But um, still kind of hopeful that there may be a chance for me. I think there might be scope to have partnerships with other universities, maybe where, like, you know, the University of Bradford partners with Monash University in Australia. And so they agree that they'll, like, you know, share a bunch of students. Um, it's just a lot harder to do kind of case by case rather than just having like a set deal. I mean, you can go and study at an international university and if they're in Europe, a lot of the universities aren't unbelievably expensive. And that might change depending on what the deal is. But there might be a world where maybe you don't get to take a year abroad, but you could do a master's in another country. And, you know, right now, in Scandinavia, for example, you can do a master's for, like, reasonably cheap and a lot cheaper than in the UK. Mm, that makes sense. I guess that's a little bit of hope then. JJ, I wanted to ask you as well, um, are there any other news stories that you've caught a bit about? So we just spoke about Brexit, but do you know anything else that's been happening, you know, other than COVID? Well, aside from COVID, um, I know a little bit ago there was the whole George Floyd incident... And I was wondering what else was happening with that because it has slightly died down in the media and on the same side. The other day I saw a, a video circulating on social media. It was somewhere in the UK. How there was this black man who was being arrested and the officer who was arresting him was kneeling on his neck, similar to how similar to the whole George Floyd incident. So I was just wondering what's happening with that. Um, Ruby, could you just go into, like, more detail and actually tell the story of what happened? So there was a guy who was arrested in North London and police officers 
essentially held him down while they were arresting him. And one police officer was videoed on social media sort of kneeling on the guy's head and neck. So the Met officer who knelt on the neck, he has been suspended and the Met are investigating the incident. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, when that video came out, it was like, are you kidding me? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, considering all the coverage around George Floyd, the guy didn't die. But then it just kind of makes you realise how systematic the issues with, like, London's police are and how deep-seated it is that you could still be a white police officer and think that was, like, an okay thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really interesting is that social media was basically the catalyst for such an outcry after the death of George Floyd as well. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, you know, if we don't keep track of these incidents and if we don't call them out and publicise them when we see them, then potentially nothing would happen. I'm recording this. I love. I love. It's cool. Definitely. I'm so, like, to an extent, proud of social media because if we didn't share these videos, I really doubt we would see them on TV. Mm. And just to educate people as well, like, I'm seeing loads of definitions, for example, about white supremacy, about, like, race and how to speak about it with your families at home and, like, places to donate and petitions to sign. I've seen a lot of positive activism. JJ, like, you as well, like, being someone that's young and that's going through this transition and seeing everybody's activism, are you quite involved in that as well? Uh, I do support the movement, but I'm not actively involved in it on social media. Um, Reason is... A lot of the time when I see people having arguments about it on social media, I see a lot of people trying to associate uh, rioters and looters with the actual movement. I don't see them as a part of it. They're just people trying to take advantage of the chaos that comes with it. And I try and distance myself from them because a lot of the time when I stay any sort of opinion, someone always retorts with, uh, what about all this? You guys are just using this as an excuse to cause havoc, all that about the stereotypes and stuff. So I just tend to um, try and shy away from all that. Yeah, I definitely get what you're trying to say. And I think there's just so much going on, but the conversations are moving quite fast, especially with things that we're sharing on social media, like these videos, these graphic videos. It can actually affect people emotionally and I know some of my friends have like just gotten off social media because people are not giving disclaimers before they post these videos and people are not ready for it and I think when we're sharing as well we should be quite responsible like especially if you're non-black it might not affect you personally but it's affecting other people personally and their lives so definitely need to keep that in mind. And Ruby, I just wanted to ask you if there was actually any update on George Floyd. So, so far, the officers have been sacked and arrested, which means that there will now be, you know, a trial. Um, But Mm -hmm. what's really interesting, I think, is that after George Floyd died, which, you know, the police would have known about immediately and they would have had all the information about it, the officers weren't arrested. It took loads of protests and outcry to get that. And I think that's really important to remember that, you know, it took protests to get those officers arrested. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were saying that 
like what's the point of protesting or like COVID is happening why are we in like large groups mm. shouldn't be done but I think it's definitely something that should have been done and clearly it got results I wanted to ask um, Ruby if there was any other like big stories that that you feel has been under the radar during COVID. Yeah, so I mean, uh, there's been a bunch of stuff happening while coronavirus has gone on, um, but one of the other depressing things alongside Brexit is kind of the climate emergency that's you know still plugging away despite the fact that there's this pandemic going on, mm-hmm. and there was a heat wave in the Antarctic. 18.4 degrees in February and then that was eclipsed when the temperatures reached 20.75 degrees which that's like as warm as London you know that's that's nuts wow. which is kind of just another sort of terrifying reminder of what is happening to our planet and why we kind of can't stop fighting and lobbying for better climate legislation and restrictions on you know flights and yeah and i think yeah you know it just reminds us that like while we're all focusing on this virus Mm -hmm. the world is kind of still crumbling away around us yeah see i didn't know at all that that happened like at all this is the first time i'm hearing about it I would never imagine that that's happened there. Yeah, no. Just hearing the stats that Ruby just said literally blows mm. my mind. How did it make you feel, JJ? Um, I, w- I was shocked. I didn't think that temperatures that high were physically possible mm-hmm. in somewhere like Antarctica. It's just goes to show like how the media is focused on um, this one issue. There's still this very mm-hmm. big issue that we've been talking about for, for going years now. I think mm-hmm. the reason the media doesn't talk about it that much is like it's not really affecting us as much as it will. Yeah. And I think it more affects us, like the younger generation. Maybe not necessarily my generation, but maybe the generation after me where we're having to clean up the mess. Like a lot of things will will definitely change. I I literally had the impression that things were getting better and because of covid i thought okay covid's happening yeah that's shit but at least the climate's getting better Mm. but now hearing this i just think like you said it's a reminder that no things are not great i think there's definitely been a fall in flights obviously which is really good for um carbon emissions but that's so short term isn't it and you know just one sort of drop isn't gonna like save the planet there needs to be like really really big um, legislation changes by kind of global governments um, to fix it, really. Media me- media does hold a lot of power when it comes to sharing the what we were exposed to, and they need to hold more res- responsibility in that aspect to not just drop stories that may not necessarily be as big in- as news as something else. You still need to, like, at least every now and then come back to that main topic to say, yeah, this is still a prevailing issue. It needs to be something that we should be pushing for to have more more coverage on these topics. Yeah, JJ, I love how you mentioned the media and how they need to take responsibility in educating people about these issues. I feel like they have a tendency of just focusing on one issue because it's popular right now and then dropping it and then going to the next and then going to the next. Yeah. So, JJ, we're coming to the end of the podcast now and I just wanted to ask you if you had... Any final thoughts or reflections on the conversation we had? Yeah, no, I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of still happy. I'm happy to find out that there may still be a chance, even with the whole Brexit, that um, 
I can still potentially study abroad, something I've been wanting to do for a while now. I, I have I have faith, JJ. And the Antarctica thing was good to find out because I had no idea about that. I didn't even know something something like that was was physically possible. And yeah, just being able to talk about news outlets and stuff like that, something I, I had thought of for a while, never really had a platform to speak at. It was just good to be here and be able to, to talk, talk freely about it. Mm, I definitely agree, and I think... I think there's still hope for you to study abroad. I hope there's hope because I know that that's an experience you want to have. And I even learned something new as well, for example, about the Antarctica thing. So it was nice to speak about things that are not COVID-related right now. Well, thank you both, JJ and Ruby, for coming on. <laughs> no worries. Oh, you're, you're perfectly welcome. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Fun, fun new experience. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly, bonus COVID-19 fact-checkers. I've been Sabrina, and thanks to JJ and Ruby for joining me. This episode was produced by Rose Delara Beatty with help from Vent production team Jess Lawson, Lucas Fothergill and Moeed Majid. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent's London Borough of Culture 2020. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.